Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, bow, number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Mo, we're back, and it's so much quicker than normal. What's that? Us. We're back. Yes. <laughs> Mo is is slowly building his energy. Because he knows. No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I it when 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 you play audio clips for me, sometimes there's a, a delay before you come back, so I missed the first bit of what you just said. I don't care. So I don't care about yeah. this detail. All I All care right, about right. is that we're back and we're no budget we nightmares, back. and it's way sooner than we normally would be. Mm-hmm. Except, no, this is the new normal. Yes, this is orange is the new black. Yeah. Wait, what? No, not that, but it, this is what we're talking about. So yeah, yes. as we mentioned on the most recent episode of No Budget Nightmares, where we covered Splatter, Splatter. of Fear. <laughs> uh, we're going to we're going to be bi-weekly. We're going to be coming to you. We're going to be coming at you on a regular basis. We're going to be coming on you. Yeah. Well, maybe it depends on how exciting the movies are. Uh, yeah. And and that means that that you know if you have a movie that you want to see covered on No Budget Nightmares, please send it over via the Facebook group or via our website, and we probably will forget that you ever sent it to us. Right, exactly. Or a better way is if they want to go over to our Patreon. Yeah, and they can do that yeah. as well. And, and that then would, they can force us to watch they, something. And it doesn't even then have to be a no budget movie. It could be anything in the world. Yeah, let's let's cover Titanic. But don't no, don't let's... fuck up our podcast and make us watch something that we shouldn't watch. Please. Right. We we've Thank we've already watched Victor Juliet's director's cut. We don't need <laughs> We don't need to watch another one of those. Oh uh, my god. With Mike that is, said Mike is creaming in his pants right now. He, <laughs> he, he just likes his name his sort of being mentioned on the show. Yes. Mo, we're back, and that means that we have a new movie to cover. And we wanted to come back big. We had we had already announced Splatter Architects of Fear, but we knew that what was next had to be something new and different. And big, so we went big or went home. And I'm actually recording from my home right now, so I'm actually and so am I. Yeah. So we went home. We went home, <laughs> but we're still going big uh, because what are we watching on this episode, Mo? Uh, we are watching the classic Die Hard Dracula. And now let me just read the plot summary of Die Hard Dracula. New York City policeman John McClane is visiting his estranged wife and two daughters on Christmas Eve. He joins. Um, yes. You're forgetting a word there. What? <laughs> For those wondering about the title Die Hard Dracula, uh, this movie doesn't have anything to do with Die Hard at all, does it, Mo? Oh, God, no. Uh, there's not even a joke about it. Like, that... Oh, no. It's pretty clear that the fucking title was was an afterthought. Why is this movie called Die Hard Dracula? 
Um, because it's apparently really hard to kill Dracula. Oh, he dies hard. Hard, yeah. It's hard to die. Yeah. That's a different which movie, is, though. Which is a much better movie. We should cover that at some point on this show. <laughs> we should. It's so good. <laughs> but yes, we are going to be talking about Die Hard Dracula from the year 1998. Now... Mo, if you had to give an elevator pitch describing Die Hard Dracula to somebody who had never seen it, which would be just about everybody, it's what would you say? Everybody. So I'm like, this is me. I'm hitting the button to go to the 12th floor, and uh-huh. you walk in, and it's like, I got to tell you about this movie. What are you going to say? I would say, uh, do you really enjoy travelogues disguised as narrative? <laughs> um, you know, Do you enjoy uh, goofy, overdubbed dialogue? Uh, do you like Draculas who are constantly changing? Uh, then you should watch Die Hard Dracula. And my response is, who are you, you awful man? <laughs> <laughs> and I, then I punched them in the face, hit the fucking store, flo- uh, store uh, floor stop button, and climbed through the roof hatch. Yeah, that button. Uh, Die Hard Dracula. That, yes, the button. Is number 47 on the bottom 100 on the Internet Movie Database. Which, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Dispute it, Mo. I don't know if that's ac- if that's if that's oh, it's justifiable. Accurate. Oh, there you I, go. I think I think that Die Hard Dracula was goofy as fuck um, when it wanted to be. Uh, yeah, a lot of the jokes draw uh, flop real bad. I mean, real bad. But jokes, I actually jokes you had said? <laughs> jokes. There were jokes in this. Sure, S- some of them. Um, you know, but I thought that uh, I-, I thought that uh, a lot of it was was really entertaining in like a real. Get together with your friends, have a few drinks, and laugh at a movie sort of way. We've done more than 47 episodes of this podcast. Yes. In fact, we've done significantly more than that. Yes. And I would say if we went back through the history of this podcast, we could find 47 movies worse than Die Hard Dracula. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That said, (laughs) Die Hard Dracula is a very bad movie. Oh yeah, I'm not saying this is a good movie. It belong it belongs in the bottom 100. Yeah, it's just not, but somewhere not near the 70s. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's incredibly poor. Now, Mo, I have a question to ask you before we get into it yes. in detail. Do you think this movie belongs on no budget nightmares? Um, yeah. It looks like it was super cheap. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was clearly shot on VHS. Yeah, I, I'm probably... Or maybe not. Yeah, it's 98, like so what, it's hard to maybe say. Maybe one of those those higher-end VHS ones, like the like the TV VHS Like a beta type, maybe. maybe. It it, huh? it certainly looks... It has that video sheen to it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's, uh, it's also super cheap-looking. However, it does have a movie star in it. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... He he was in Chinatown, so you can't really. He's in all sorts of stuff, and he birthed Did... one of our favorite actors. He is one of my favorite actors. I will say that. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's his name? Bruce. 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 That's the toughest name. Bruce. Die Hard Dracula stars one Mister Bruce Glover, the father of Crispin Glover, as Doctor Van Helsing, and he is just ridiculous, just over the top, uh, just in the best ways. Um, uh, he, he, I, honestly, I think, I think maybe Van Helsing is probably the best reason to watch this. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause, cause most of the other actors in this are pretty, pretty They're bad. fucking awful. And most of them have yeah. never done anything before or since. And especially like the people that they seem to give the most dialogue to are the worst, are really yeah. bad. 
And as you mentioned, and I, I'm going to mention this just up front because it'll be hard to kind of get it across while we're describing the plot. There are three Draculas in this movie. Now, there isn't three Draculas in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there are three actors playing Dracula. And they switch. Movie. They intermingle. They, they switch them up throughout the movie with no rhyme or reason. No, they give a reason. Sort know? of, except it kind of keeps going back and forth. It's like his right. face is starting to melt because he hasn't had blood lately, right? Is that the reason? It, it swells. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this, Mo, but this is, this is the part of the podcast where we uh, throw around some fun facts. Okay. One of the Count Draculas was played by Ernest M. Garcia. And why is that interesting, Mo? I don't know. <laughs> the reason that's interesting is that Ernest M. Garcia played one of the vampire bar people in From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh. Yeah, I know. Not one of the recognizable ones, except you would recognize him if you saw the movie. I mean, his face is in it enough that you'd be like, oh, that guy. I don't know why he's in this movie. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. It seems to suggest that the only reason he is in this movie sometimes as Count Dracula is because he was a vampire in a different movie. Yeah. Um, which which uh, which one is he? Is he? I'm assuming he's not the 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 fat masked one. He is the fat masked one. Oh, he is the fat masked one. <laughs> yes, he is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and of course, uh, of course, he's a Hispanic gentleman, so it's interesting. That they, of course, dub over all of his dialogue as well. So you never actually hear his voice. What a strange, what a strange idea it was to keep swapping out Dracula's on us. Yeah, it makes you wonder if that was an intentional thought or if they just filmed a bunch of scenes with one of them. And then he's like, I can't do this anymore. And then they they replaced him and he filmed a bunch of scenes with him. And then he was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it, I'm sure there's a story behind it. The fact is, there's some of this movie that's filmed in Los Angeles. Probably a lot of the indoor stuff is all done in, like, stages in, in L.A., right? And then everything outside was filmed in the Czech Republic. Yeah, well, this is this is in the grand tradition of Las Vegas bloodbath or light of blood where it seems like... Uh, you know, it seems like uh, somebody went on vacation and filmed a bunch of footage in, you know, in in an area... And brought it back and be like, we could make a movie out of this. The Czech Republic does look very nice in this movie. It does. It looks like the cities are full of people that are... (laughs) It's funny because it also the movie seems to suggest that all of the people they encounter are sort of lost in time, right? Like that they're still like washing their clothes in a stream as opposed to using a washing machine. Even though the guy is like walking through a, a, a modern city in the Czech Republic. Well, I mean, it, it, he starts in the modern city, but then he ends he up wanders in, through the woods into he, he, yeah. He winds up in uh, is it Morovia? Oh, I think it, the pronunciation just, of that is something that's a little tricky. But yes, it's where his mother may or may not be from. Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she's a gypsy woman or something. <laughs> so let's start Mo Porn, if that is your real name. It's not talking about Die Hard Dracula from 1998. It starts. Yes. With the history of Dracula as you and I know it, you know, you know, Mo, Dracula was based on a real person. Yep. And that's something that everyone listening to this knows. But they decide that they're going to show it to us using flashbacks. Uh, 1577 with Vlad the Impaler driving the Turkish armies out of Transylvania on the point of spikes. You know what, Mo? Like this, this... Um, flashback stuff is actually it's pretty well done right it looks like uh like it's a, actually really well done like when the movie started i was like wow this is like not no budget <laughs> yeah this this is pretty pretty good quality and man did that might change my mind on that really quickly it, but, it almost looks like a history yeah. channel type special stuff yeah it's there. a travelogue yeah now 
when you hear Vlad the Impaler, and I've heard that name a thousand different times, when yeah. I think of someone being impaled, it wasn't what apparent what they show in this movie. I think of someone being impaled, you know, just having something stuck through them. But the impaling that they show in this movie, it always goes up the butt. Well, it was probably easiest because they could just have the person sit on a stump, you know. And it's funny because there's like it, there's like a scene where there's like a dozen people all sitting on stumps. Yeah. But is that how it, people were impaled? Is that how it was supposed to go, like Cannibal Holocaust th- style? No, no. I think I think the way it worked was um, it would go up through the gut. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know much about impaling. That's, uh, that's well. I mean, I have little experience with it. <laughs> well, we do have a little a quick audience with the ladies. Oh, what are you impaling them with then? Um, I don't know, stick. All right, let's hear this little bit of dialogue from the very beginning of the movie. Yes, he became one of the bloodiest rulers in the world, and when he died in the year of fifteen ninety nine, he was buried in a well-preserved wooden casket. Cellar of a castle in the town of Brussels. Jesus. That's a very dramatic reading from that voiceover person. <laughs> he was buried in a wooden gasket. <laughs> so it took me a very long time, just like yourself, Mo, to realize that what we were watching here was a comedy. Even though that's a very dramatic voiceover, it wasn't so dramatic that it seems necessarily that it's supposed to be humorous. And it leads to this kind of flashback stuff right into the title screen. Which is really goofy, so much so that I, I made an animated GIF of it and put it up on. I l- yeah, I was, I'm glad you did that. It's, <laughs> it's it's fucking great. It's this skull that kind of shoots the title onto the screen, and it looks yeah, like... it's like it's like just bleeding the title out. <laughs> it's it's like the skull got a really bad nosebleed, and <laughs> and in the background oh. of this opening credit sequence are like just it's like a museum full of bones. Yeah, it's which is great. Yeah. It also reveals, by the way, that Bruce Glover is not just the star of the movie. He's also the producer, the associate producer. So if you do not like the fact that Die Hard Dracula is something that exists, blame Bruce Glover. Done. This movie was written, produced, and directed by Peter Horak. Um, and he is an experienced stuntman. Has not directed a lot of stuff, but he did uh, do stunt work on some very notable movies. Do you want me to name three of them for you, Mo? Yeah, please. Problem Child. Ooh. Above the Law. Oh. Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. And Viva Knievel. Viva Knievel. Mm-hmm. I like how you had to say Steven Seagal for Above the Law. Like, like problem child, sure. You know. I make above no... The, uh, above the Law, Steven Seagal. I make no assumptions about who are or are not listening to this podcast. But you made the assumption that they've seen Problem Child. <laughs> Everyone's seen, everyone seen Problem Child. <laughs> well, I am a big Gilbert Gottfried fan. Problem Child starring John Ritter. The late John yeah. Ritter. So anyway, the movie jumps 300 years later. And, and this in the during the travelogue scene, I put in my notes that visit sunny Romania. <laughs> <laughs> and 300 years later, we get a little time in a church where a priest is in front of what appears to be a real congregation and a real church, uh and a priest is asking to kind of lift the curse on the village. With- well, this is this this is one of those scenes where um where that that really like you know, started nailing it into my head that this is obvious. I mean, it just seems so obvious that like somebody went on vacation, (laughs) brought a really nice camera with them and filmed a bunch of shit that was going on and they worked it into the storyline. Hey, you know what? That is the kind of no budget attitude that we respect. No, it's it's a, it's a, it's, it seems like such a great way to make a movie, you know, if like, if you can get the shots that you need. 
Now this transitions, this person uh, asking for the, the curse to be lifted from the village, this transitions into one of the greatest moments in the history of cinema. Mm-hmm. Because we see a basement. Now, I have to explain that there are castles in this movie. And the yeah. castles look like they were built on the stage of, of a high school with like the walls that are supposed to be made of brick, they are like pieces of paper with like bricks drawn on them. Yeah, <laughs> everything looks like it's like a a Shakespeare in the park. <laughs> <laughs> it's like summer stock. <laughs> so this is a basement of a castle, and we see a coffin in it. And within this coffin, we have to guess is Dracula. And the coffin safe assumption. And the coffin starts to shake, and then what happens, Mo? Oh my god. <laughs> the coffin then proceeds to lift up off the ground mm-hmm. and start to fly away. It flies out the window. Yep. We get a very interesting, uh, almost semi-POV shot in that it's just like kind of mounted on the coffin as it flies through the air and past a bunch of trees and shit. It, uh, it yeah. briefly is CG. <laughs> But yes, the, the coffin flies out the window while, while Ride of the Valkyries plays. Well, is it CG or is it just like a composite shot? I think it like, one, the, it's composite for most of it, but then there's, I think, yeah. a quick little bit of a CG coffin. Oh, and that's probably where the entire budget of the movie was. <laughs> there's a few computer-generated shots in this. Yeah. Now, this was the first sign that this movie is meant to be a comedy. And it is kind of... the sh- Like, the, 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 the coffin itself flying away is... That's one part of it. But then there's a voiceover uh, right before it happens from Dracula himself saying this. And remember, all of Dracula's lines are dubbed. Of course, in this scene, you can't see his lips. But this is what his voice is going to be like for the rest of the movie. No more praying. 300 years I have listened to this awful praying, crying, and bullshit. I can find (laughs) it no more. Yes, this is Dracula now flying into the air. And then his coffin just goes out the window. Now, why does his coffin go out the window? Um, because it doesn't have thumbs to open the door. That's a good that, that is a very sensible answer. <laughs> I think it's also supposed to be because okay, so the priest kind of like he's trying to lift the curse and that makes Dracula feel, oh, I'm sick of this, so he leaves, but then he right. goes to where the rest of this movie takes place, as opposed to being in Transylvania. Right, exactly. Transylvania. Yeah, it would just make too much sense. Now remember, that flashback took place in 1577, and we're 300 years later. We are not quite up to modern day. Interesting. So that's why this is this next part is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> because the movie suddenly goes sepia-toned, and we see some knights traveling on horseback. Right. Now, do, are, is it all coming back to you just very suddenly, Mo? It, it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot about this whole section of the film. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> but, but the funny thing is, this is in my notes because I'm looking at them now because it just says knights on horseback, you know. And uh, it's it realized this is the part in my notes where I where I first write this is goofy as fuck. Like, this whole scene is so ridiculous. Like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's silly. Now, as, you know, as senseless as a scene is, Mo, think about what I just said a moment ago. This yeah. scene takes place in 1877. <laughs> there are fucking knights on horseback <laughs> coming with the King Ludwig, who is going to... He's basically arriving with his two knights, King Ludwig, whoever the fuck that yeah. is, arriving at this house. He was a drummer. <laughs> telling this man... 
that um, he's going to claim his virgin bride. So he's going to take the man's daughter as his wife. Yeah. And the man, he tells Sonya, his daughter, to run off and get away from these men. And then the father tries to attack them, and which does not end up well for him at all. It just He gets hung from a tree. When the, fa- when the father attacks the king, <laughs> that's one of my favorite moments in the entire movie because it is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. So she runs off and hides in the nearby castle, which I guess is just sitting there, right? Yeah, no, sure. No one's hanging out at the castle. This no. giant empty castle. She hides. Yeah. Me- meanwhile, this guy's living in squalor when there's a fucking empty castle like right there that he could just move into and nobody would probably even say two words about him going there. Whatever. He she legitimately hides behind this coffin that's laying there. Yep. <laughs> the king enters looking for her. And again, this is the most high school play-ish <laughs> as this go. You know, he's he's basically creeping around with his hands yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all akimbo. <laughs> so he finds her and he then uh does what kings do, which is he tries to rape her on top of this coffin. It's pretty rapey. Yeah. And it, it, when she uh, resists, he stabs her through the heart. Yeah, right in the chest. And then, as he is wont to do, Dracula's hand breaks through the coffin and starts choking the king. That I have to, I have to admit, that was a pretty cool. Moment. That was really cool, right? And it also, yeah. uh, it kind of gives a weird amount of sympathy to Dracula, which I suppose right. plays off at the end. But it's not what I would have expected. <laughs> right. At this point, uh, so so yeah, so Dracula uh, punches through and starts to strangle the king, and then the king sort of gets away and, and backs up, mm-hmm. and he and and then uh, uh, we see the coffin lid, yes, like open, and Dracula sits up, and in my notes right here, I say. <laughs> I say Dracula looks like a cross between Meatloaf and the blob from the old X-Men cartoons <laughs> combined with one of the California raisins. That is much better than what I have written here, Mo, which is, holy shit, Dracula is fat and ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says to the guy, how dare you try to screw on top of my casket. Uh, so, you know, like, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with this film at all, and, and maybe you are because you're, you're in the same circles that I run in, but... There is a movie that attempted something very similar to this uh, back in the 60s. It's called Dracula the Dirty Old Man. Now, you've mentioned Dracula the Dirty Old Man on this podcast before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe on one of our other (laughs) vampire-related... We've done done a few of them. Well, this this one... Okay, so maybe this this time mentioning it makes way more sense. But, I mean, like, like... you would think that if you were going to make like a, an overdub Dracula comedy <laughs> that you would like try to see if anybody else had already done one and if it succeeded because they would have seen Dracula the Dirty Old Man and been like yeah maybe we shouldn't do this. Well, it's strange because there's a line, I think it actually might be Bruce Glover who says it. He explicitly says the words fearless vampire killers, which is obviously oh, yeah. a reference to the Roman Polanski the, movie. Yeah, the Polanski film, yeah. And which suggests that that is the kind of tone that they were going for here. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of that movie anyway, but it's a I'm hell of a lot funnier than this fucking movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Dracula feeds on the woman, and she comes back to life, Sonya, uh, and that she is going to remain Dracula's bride for the rest of the movie. Uh, can vampires feed on dead people and bring them back to life? No. I don't think so. No, they cannot. That doesn't. I feel like that is a detail that they should have gotten right. <laughs> Maybe yeah. she wasn't fully dead. She was just stabbed through the heart. <laughs> well, I mean, they can they could certainly feed, you know, sure. on on them because it's still blood, you know. 
But uh, yeah, I don't think they can. I don't think they can. They can bring. I mean, here here we are. You know, arguing semantics. It's over important, fucking, Mo. Over mythology, but if yeah. one of our listeners disagree with what we're saying right now, please let us know, and we'll bring it up the next time we cover a vampire movie in two thousand eighteen, yeah. maybe. Yeah, sort so, uh, cite sources. You know, <laughs> just let it, let us know where you're getting this from. So we then uh, show Sonia as a kind of a reanimated version of her as a vampire. She's watching her father, who's hung from a tree, and she doesn't seem that bothered by it. So I guess vampires no. are a little cooled to the important things that uh, humans. Uh, are involved with which again at the end of this movie has a big twist which we will get to much later but i'm telling you it's fucking dumb as shit but also kind of (laughs) great i i i do want to i want to mention one other thing from my notes here where i was very proud of myself Mm -hmm. and uh and used proper usage of the word and wrote the old man has been hanged that's right, because I fucked up in, just a few minutes ago on that. Instead of saying the old man is hung. Well, I mean, that old man might be hung. We don't know. <laughs> right? Come on, yeah. right? Wait, wait, wait. Say no more. Say no more. Cut to present day California for some goddamn reason. <laughs> there are two dudes. And when I say dudes, I mean dudes. And oh, a girl. Yeah, dudes. And they're having fun in the sun. Yeah, I actually describe them as some average white dudes or water skiing. They are water skiing. And so oh, yeah. there is Steven, who will be our hero for the rest of the movie. So get uh, used to that name. Th- then there is Brad, his good friend, who's wearing sunglasses. He will disappear after the scene, so I don't know why he's even introduced. Well, he's he's there long enough to uh, to say this coming up line and uh, <laughs> and, and to be to be there for him when tragedy happens. <laughs> spoiler alert and julia is the third person. spoiler alert we're about to talk about it two seconds from now <laughs> and the third person is julia who is steven's girlfriend i guess and she's yeah, wild it's not even really established yeah and in fact it kind of seems like he doesn't like her very much save yeah. from this line right here <laughs> man she's crazy about you yeah she's crazy that's for sure are you ready almost Woo! now i'm ready like I said, she's crazy. That was her tossing her life vest uh, back onto the boat, by the way. <laughs> that was her throwing her life vest because she says, I mean, she may, she literally mocks him for wanting to wear a life jacket, which she, she even, I think she said she's, he's a geek, which is the biggest piece of foreshadowing <laughs> that you can find. <laughs> so she starts to ski and a horrible song starts playing. In fact, all of the music that isn't classical music on this soundtrack is awful. It's fucking awful. Like the the this, song is something it goes like I've got the power. I've got yeah. it's it's really really bad. Yeah. So they are driving this boat, the two guys, and she is behind on water skis and then they approach some dangerous looking rocks. And she crashes, but she crashes in a way that doesn't look particularly dangerous, but then they can't find her. And they look and they look and then this happens. Julia, where is she? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And then oh, they, no. they just shout like Julia again and again and again, and then it cuts to Stephen having dinner I, with I, his parents. <laughs> I actually really love the fact that both of them jump off the boat to just let it drift off. Yeah, <laughs> like all right. So later. Julia's dead. <laughs> like, that's she's gone now. And Stephen is sitting and having dinner with his parents. And his father keeps telling him not to blame himself. 
And like, they're like, you know, she, she was, she did not want to wear that life jacket, which sounds exactly like the kind of story Stephen would have told people afterwards. No, she definitely <laughs> didn't want to wear it. We kept telling her to, but she threw it at us. <laughs> so his father's like, like, Stephen is obviously very upset. And his father tells him not to blame himself. And then there's a close up of Stephen's hand. With a gla- As he just breaks the glass. <laughs> breaks a glass of orange juice that's in his hands. Just, uh, man, like, just the epitome of tough guy. <laughs> of tough dude. Now, I don't know how, how old the actor who played Steven was when he made this movie, but he appears to be, like, 25. So, yeah, he doesn't seem particularly old. But, so he goes outside, get a little fresh air after breaking a glass in his hand. And he looks up into the star-filled sky. This is great. And we get to see, because, like, as a tribute to Steven Spielberg, we get to see mm-hmm. a falling star cross the sky. Right? It's like oh, a yeah. shooting star. It's like, oh, wow. And then Steven's father comes out to meet him, and they have this conversation. I wish Julia was alive. <laughs> you know the old saying. See a falling star? Wish you make no true. Yeah. I wish. I really wish. <laughs> so, <clears throat> let's uh, recap what just happened there. A, the old saying that his father's talking about comes from Jiminy Cricket <laughs> in Pinocchio. Well, it's, it's, it's old. It is old. That is true. But his son is wishing that his girlfriend who just died was alive again. And his father is suggesting that by wishing it, it might come true. I, um... <laughs> I, you know, uh, not to jump too far ahead in the film, but, uh, <laughs> what, uh, you know what, I'll, 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 I'll preface jump, Mo, this. Jump and, it. Okay, okay, fine. So later on, we meet another character who, and, and we find out that she drowned as well, and that, and Steven said, well, I made a wish on a star that, that a drowned girl would, would come back to life. Why didn't you just wish that Julia came back to life? And in fact, uh, let's listen back to what I just played. Yeah, please. I wish Julia was alive. Oh! Oh! <laughs> he did wish Julia was alive. And but by the well, way, the well, person... that wasn't that wasn't an official wish. The it wasn't official until the dad said it might come true. <laughs> and then comes something very very confusing. The rest of the movie? It cuts right to a funeral. Come on, that was a solid joke. <laughs> this movie is very confusing. It's but... super... I actually put in my notes here. I said, oh, this film only takes 12 minutes to go fully beyond. <laughs> so this... It cuts immediately to a funeral. Yeah. And... Yeah, this is super fucking confusing because there had been no fucking, like, lead up to this at all. This, this part of the movie comes from out of nowhere. A meteor falls from the sky. Uh, hey, at least this only happens at the 12-minute mark and not, like, 45 minutes in. It would have made more sense 45 minutes in. It may have because actually Because by, more by following the scene that just happened, this becomes horrifically confusing. So a oh, yeah. meteor falls onto the coffin because they're, they're, this is a funeral. They're actually burying the coffin. Mm-hmm. Everyone stares at it, and then there's the sound of scratching. A guy jumps in and pulls the lid off, and inside that coffin is Julia. Yeah. And then and here's the best part. Here's my favorite thing about the Morovians. Um, you know, is that 
no matter what, one of them is cracking a joke. Like, oh, so did somebody's about to die, oh, and somebody's crack a joke, you know? Or somebody is, they're at a funeral, and oh, somebody comes back to life, and one of them kind of cracks the joke about, it. well, at least they didn't have her embalmed. I like how the guy's response to that is, that's true, which is such that's- a weird thing to say. <laughs> But, I mean, I'm cracking a joke. Yes, you are. So anyone in the world watching this would be like, oh my god, Julie is back, just like he right. wished, right? Right. We do not find out for another like 20 minutes that that's not Julia. Yeah. It is the same actress. She's playing a different character, as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, Mo. Someone who also drowned, who he, that wish apparently brought her back to life. It makes no sense, but it also is so confusing because he just wished that someone who looked like that would come to life. And then they came to life. Hey, well, you know what? I'm going to turn my head to the skies and uh, and make a wish the next time I see a falling star. Catch a falling star and put oh, it in God. your pocket. Jesus Never Christ. let it fade away. So a little later, Stephen <sighs> and his dad. <laughs> St- Stephen and his dad, who are still, I guess, just hanging out. like dudes. They're still consoling him, yep. Stephen's father says, he just tells him to get over it. Which, in the context of the movie, seems like he's trying to tell him to get over something which happened the day before. Because, again, when I watched this, I was like, okay, she must have just died because he's having dinner with his parents. They show yeah. the funeral, so she literally just died. And then his father's like, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's been dead for a good 36 hours, Stephen. Just fucking get over it, man. I mean, you may have been semi-responsible for her death. Yeah, I mean, it's totally your fault that she died. You know, you should have insisted that she put that life vest on. So, Stephen makes the completely reasonable decision to... Actually, his father suggests, why don't you get away for a while since you've graduated from high school? And I, I, I love that, like, uh, that, like his thought. Like, oh, well, th- you know, I, oh, I sh- maybe I should, get, I should get away. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Czech Republic. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to go to Moravia. I'm gonna go to Moravia. If that's, it's, I think the sign that he says later it says Morovia or something. But whatever, yeah. he's gonna go to Morovia, and his mother. <laughs> he's gonna go to <laughs> his mother, who has not had a single fucking line, I don't think, or if she did, certainly nothing of substance. She stops him on his way out, and gives like the classic gypsy thing where she's like, "Take this token, put it around your neck, and it'll keep, it'll protect you from evil." And it's like, no Matt, no wonder Stephen is so fucked up. His father's just a dude. His mother's some sort of weird spiritualist. Well, and the funny thing is, is like the, the protection amulet that she gives him is just a cross. Yeah, it's just a fucking cross. It's just a fucking cross, you know. And uh, and she makes it, and she uh, tell, forces him, like makes him promise to not take it off, which of course he does. And you think that would play out in a much bigger like impact later in the movie, but it like it doesn't. At all. It plays out for a different character. For a different character, entirely. (laughs) So, but I guess maybe it's implied that that's why he doesn't get killed earlier. (laughs) Uh So, he goes to the Czech Republic. He he gets on a Lufthansa airline and he goes to the Czech Republic. And the next, like, ten minutes of the movie are him just kind of walking around. And it looks really nice. It it really does. It really does. (laughs) There's a part where... He goes on a horse-drawn carriage by himself. Well, you know, you got to do, you know, when, when going to the Czech Republic, you got to make time for romance. <laughs> Just even, if it's, even if it's by yourself. He actually put a nice little dress on his hand. You know? <laughs> I have written in my notes, this is filler, filler night. <laughs> nice. Later, Stephen is in his hotel room, because I guess he's just going to stay in a hotel room till 
I like how there's like no communication with his parents after this as well. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in there and he kind of looks into the window uh, outside and he imagines Julia's face. He just can't. Now, remember that he didn't even seem to like her very much. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I, I want to talk for a quick second about uh, the street musician yes. moment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because, A, so far in the film, the, mu- the street musician scene is the only thematical. Uh, a thematic appropriate music in the film to this point, you know, um, and he tips the guy like he, you know, he he gives him money in like the weirdest way possible <laughs> by just like holding a handful of coins like at like full height and <laughs> dropping <laughs> them into the guy's thing, and like they're just bouncing out of the hat and stuff, and it's like, why you gotta be such a dick, man? That dude's gotta go pick all that yeah, shit up now. Right? It's just he's an old dude, just. Put the money in the fucking hat. We also have to mention here, Mo, how all of this doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, no, it makes zero sense. No, but I mean, it really makes no sense because his motivation to going to Morovia, in the context of me watching this movie, was because he's upset about Julia dying. But Julia, to our knowledge, has come back to life. How come nobody told him that? And of course, we find out later that it's not her. But watching this movie, like... What are you doing? Why is he imagining her face? Doesn't he know that she's still alive? Oh, that, that, thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> uh, about that wonderful moment where he's like staring out the window and like the moon becomes her face or like her face is on the window and like he goes to a bar. Goes to a bar. Stirs his drink and <laughs> and... Here's the part that cracks me up though too is because like he stirs his drink and her face appears in the in the drink and he wanders off without drinking it. So that makes me feel like he didn't do any drinking. Sure. Because he kept seeing her face in his drinks. But then he wanders around drunkenly by a church. You know, <laughs> and he, yeah, finds a church and just starts screaming, Julia! <laughs> <laughs> So the next day uh, Steven is leaving. He's going to drive yeah. his yellow VW Bug. <laughs> I I love this little scene with the doorman here where where the guy asks me, oh, are you going to... In some of the stiffest, like, most wooden acting ever. Um, the, you know, he goes, oh, are you going sightseeing? He's like, no, I'm going off to Morovia. And the doorman, like, I couldn't tell if he was being, like, cryptic. Yeah, right. Or if he was, or if he was just being courteous. You know, and he's, what does he say? He goes, he I goes, hope we like, see you again. Yeah, I hope we see you again. It know? should be, well, I hope we see you again. But it's not. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I hope we see you again. Oh, all right, door yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, but but because his acting is so stiff and wooden, it's really hard to tell if he's like legitimately trying to be cryptic, or if he's ju- or if he's just if it's just the hospitality industry, you know. So I love it. He drives off, and by the way, yes. the sign that he ends up passing doesn't say Morova at all. It says no. It says du- Dubova. I don't know why that is, but they pronounce be- it Morovia. Because there's or probably no Morovia. <laughs> so he drives off in his bug. And gets into an accident very quickly. <laughs> like, he almost gets hit by a car is what I should say. He swerves off the road, and his car yeah. comes crashing down an embankment. And then he crawls out, and instead of looking for help, he basically just wanders into the woods. 
Yeah, but it's but the funny part is that it's like it's not even like he wanders. Like he actually like starts like running. Like, yeah, he gets. Running. It's like he's all freaked out. But there's no suggestion about why that would be. By the way, this well, is no, all. Oh, there is. There is because there's sounds of like wolves and stuff in the back. So I mean, like, I guess. you know, we don't see a wolf. <laughs> no, no, we don't see anything. You know, the, uh, this, uh, this is all shot on uh, day for night. By the way, and it looks oh yeah, bluish, uh, hideous, hideous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so he wanders into the little town of Dubova. Uh, which oh. apparently is apparently apparently uh, Czech Republic for Morovia, and then he goes into what is a kind of bar slash hotel, aka where every other scene in this town takes place. Basically, I didn't recognize what the fuck it was supposed to be because it doesn't look like like a restaurant. But yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. It doesn't look like a pub, you know. But now, uh, Mo, I want you to explain the joke that occurs. I, I. <laughs> I kind of fucking love this scene, like, a lot, <laughs> I have to say, um, because, okay, so, setting the scene for you, man walks into uh, a bar, um, this is a scene, not a joke, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he, and although I guess it's gonna become one, um. He's traumatized and injured. He, yeah, he's clearly, he clearly has a head wound, mm-hmm. because he has a bandage wrapped around his head and it's bloodied, you know, and- Instead of how a you know non sociopath would respond, mm-hmm. you know, would respond by you know I don't know giving the man medical aid, seeing if he's, seeing if he's all right, they decide to play a prank on him by telling him that one of the women in the bar, who we never see again, mm-hmm. you know, um, that this is his bride. Yeah, they start fucking with him. They start fucking with him, and so he's like, "What bride? What are you, what are you talking?" Huh? He has post concussion syndrome. Yeah, he clearly has. He's clearly concussed. You know, um, <laughs> they think this is the funniest thing in the world, and they're just laughing their asses off at this potentially mortally wounded man. You know, <laughs> who could fall down dead at any minute now because he's wandering, bleeding through the woods for who knows how long at this point. But then he's looking at this ugly woman. Yeah, and. But then his, it kind of is like his focus switches into view, and that ugly woman isn't there anymore. Instead, we see Julia, which is the housekeeper's daughter. Right. And Julia looks very much... Oh, wait, no. <laughs> no, this is not Julia. This is Julia. This is Carla, the housekeeper's we'll say, daughter. We'll, we'll say a, a, a woman who looks like Julia. Not Julia, but a matter. wonderful facsimile. <laughs> yes. I mean, so wonderful, in fact, they share all of the same DNA. Well, this instead of Ju- this isn't Julia. We know it's not because Carla has an accent sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it kind of comes and goes, and it can like be, half the rest of the cast. It yeah. can safely be described as generic Eastern European accent. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he passes out because he's probably overwhelmed by all these people fucking with him. And- but, but but you know he does uh, manage to uh, to to say uh, Julia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He got as confused as I did, (laughs) and it was very confusing. The rest of us did. It was very confusing to watch this too, and it's a good thing this next sequence happens because otherwise I'd be like, I'd be like, "What is happening?" Yeah. So he wakes up the next day after Carla kisses him awake. Yeah, that's they. You know, like like sexually assaulting somebody in their you know in their sleep probably not the best idea to start a relationship but i mean i guess it works sometimes things are different in moldavia maybe i in moldavia (laughs) so uh they have a little conversation which is mostly about her trying to see if he has a girlfriend or not 
forgetting the fact that he probably has a horrific head injury. Yeah. Uh, and it, this kind of, it kind <laughs> he's of, like, he's like, girlfriend, I, I don't even know what my name is. Yeah, right? I like how her first thing is, do you want to call your parents? And he's like, no. And it's like, why not? Yeah, I was going to say, I just got into an accident. Of course I want to call my parents. So this then happens. I, I would have been like, mom, thanks for this fucking protection amulet, you bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Then this happens. Perhaps you want to call your girlfriend in America. I don't have a girlfriend. She died not too long ago. Sorry. I don't have anyone as well. Come. And I also died. About a month ago, I died. No. She just said it. She just said a month ago she fucking died. Yeah. Which is the our indication, by the way. So she she goes on to tell the story <laughs> about how her ca- casket was hit by a flaming stone, right? So you're like in your brain watching this as as a viewer, be like, oh, that was her. That seems needlessly confusing. And also, she says, boys and in the convoluted. village, boys in the village have been avoiding me since coming back from the dead. And Steven's response is, they're fools. <laughs> I love how like Stephen has like a learning Steve- disability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Steven has two reactions to anything that happens in this in this movie. Like, just either like utter amazement, or like just like like melodramatic. You know, like all of his responses are just ridiculous. You know, as bad of an actor as Steven is, at least he's entertaining consistently because you never know how he's going to respond to something. (laughs) So, uh, I guess since it's the next day, we get to see the men downstairs who are all the same guys, by the way. I guess they just stayed there all night. Yeah. All sitting around a table, and they're trying to decide if they should storm a local castle and get the monster that's there. They even say, let's get a couple of pitchforks and axes because, you know, again, this is modern day, but not around here. Yeah. They can all speak um, English, by the way. Yeah, half of them are speaking with with basically American accents. Mm-hmm. Um, the other half are attempting accents that change constantly. <laughs> one of them has a stutter, and they mock him for it. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a priest. <laughs> and one of them, and one of them is a priest who they probably should be mocking. Dana comes in. Dana is a new character, a daughter of one of these men. Yep. And she comes in with pastries, <laughs> a big pile of them. Which are obviously purchased, not made by hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, we discover that Carla and Dana are actually friends. They, they talk about Steven a little bit. And Dana suggests that she's going to go do some laundry. Now, again, my thought was she was then going to put clothes in a washer or dryer. <laughs> but no, we cut to her by a stream washing laundry in it. I, I love the moment just prior to this where they show two guys going for the same pastry and they just, <laughs> they just tear it in half. You know? So she's washing by the stream. By the way. Oh, s- speaking of digital effects. <laughs> Dracula yeah. then mysteriously rises out of the water. This is just fucking awful. Oh, yeah. My God. Yes. <laughs> by the way, those men were just talking about like storming the castle and getting the monster. And then she just goes off to a stream nearby the castle and happens yeah. to run into the monster. Uh, so this is still fat, ugly Dracula. Yep, yep. With And he's outside in the sun, so his makeup looks terrible. Like, it's all oh, like yeah. yellow this, and yeah, weird. This, this, is like, this is like daytime drag right now. This is 
bad. <laughs> and he uh, gets some dialogue. Again, it's all dubbed, and it looks like it's not even close to what his mouth is saying. No, no. And I love, I love how he has like, like he, 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 he has fangs. Yes, always. Like, yeah, always. Why the fuck would you spend any time talking to a guy with fangs? And his face looks fucked up too, right? I mean, let's not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hideous. And <laughs> he's dressed as a hunter, I guess. And he has a gun. <laughs> Because so a hideous so a hideous man with fangs and a gun walks up to you to talk to you, and you stand there and talk to him. By the way, if you suspect that he may be a vampire, this may tip you off. Uh-huh. I've never seen you around the village before. Oh, I don't go out too much. The sun, uh, I burn easily. Yes, you're quite pale. <laughs> The di- the like like almost any time that Dracula is on screen, like you just be just prepare yourself for pun after pun after pun. Oh my! So, <laughs> some time later, Stephen has ingratiated himself with these group of guys who fucked with him when he was first I- injured. I also kind of love the fact that, like, anytime you see him, like, in his, like, hunter garb, which he, which he drops at some point, like, he drops the pretense of not being Dracula relatively quickly. In fact, switches uh, bodies altogether. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, and we, we start to see him more in the traditional Dracula look with the cape and the fucking pendant, you know. Um, and, like, I love how, like, every time you see him in his hunter garb, he always says he's hunting pheasants yeah but like but like he he does it in a way where 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 he he's making it pretty clear that he's saying peasants yeah yeah, it's very clever so it's not clever i don't think we mentioned it but dana got bit of course by dracula just then oh yeah because he because he kind of gets in nice and close with her and goes oh what are these marks on your neck (laughs) like she's like oh what marks and then he bites her very good fuck so sometime later, but has to be very, very soon, really, Stephen is sitting with these men and they're all talking about getting the monster out of the castle. So they're all aware that some sort of creature is living in the castle. <laughs> the priest suggests that they get help from that. <laughs> I was just I, I was so expecting a character to go like, bye, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But they suggest getting Van Helsing to help, which is great because I guess they're all aware of the famous novel Dracula. Yeah, and we do, and we do, yeah, right. And we do get one of the characters who who explains to us what that random ass story with the knights and the and all yeah. that shit was from the beginning of the movie. Thank thank goodness somebody decided to to clarify that for us. That basically Dracula uh, stole a woman and, and she's been his bride ever since. And in fact, this goes. Uh, <laughs> by the way, they mentioned that Van Helsing happens to be giving a lecture at a university in Prague, so it's pretty easy to get in touch. How with convenient! So then we go to Dracula, who's looking pretty rough, and he's like, uh, he's in his his basement where he stays, and he's complaining about like not having a lot of blood, which is weird because he just had some. <laughs> yeah. And then we see the woman, and it's uh, what's her name from the beginning, Sonia. So- Sonia, yep. And she flips him off, and that's that's funny because this is a comedy. You're right. Mm-hmm. Later, <sighs> pouring rain. The door of the restaurant or whatever it is, the B and B, it opens, and obvious fog machine fog is just like oh yeah, <laughs> squirting out from all directions, billowing in. Yeah, and this pretty- is this is shot in a really strange way because you don't get to see who's coming in through the door. All you see is like clothing hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, like so. So you're assuming, like you know, obviously you're making the assumption. That this is supposed to be Dracula who's right. coming in, you know, 
Um, yeah, and and so like with with a with like a twist, you know, uh, the the clothes sort of fall to the to the ground, and uh, oh my god! And we are introduced I... to our big Hollywood star, uh-huh. who has ar- arrived in a hurry. Oh yeah. That the priest? I am always in a hurry when it comes to vampires. How? How did you do that? I am a trickster, Father. I am here to find out if you have a true vampire or just another trickster like me. So Bruce Glover in this is in full Orson Welles mode. Oh, yeah. Big, <laughs> big fucking time. He's larger than life and he has a big beard and he's like, you know, he. it's strange because he's introduced as being like super competent. He knows exactly what's going on. And then like the next hour of this movie or next 45 it's just, minutes, it's just him fucking just, up again and again. It's just ineptitude. <laughs> like, like the rest of the fucking movie. In fact, yeah, literally the rest of the fucking movie is, is just him being inept. <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we should also mention that we're only 32 minutes into the movie yet. So we're a third of the way into this film. <laughs> and uh, so we've got an hour of inept coming up. Just warning you ahead of time. <laughs> we'll pick it up a little bit. So Van Helsing shows off his tools to these men. Um, and he has like an ancient book that that basically tells you all the things that we already uh-huh. know as viewers. Like that you can, you can kill a vampire with, I guess, a silver bullet through the heart. Uh, I know that that goes I've back and forth. I've never heard people. that one. Yeah. <laughs> and you can chop off his head. Um and and also while he's like explaining this, there's a woman on his lap and he's making out with it her. Gets, so that's yeah, cool. Van Helsing gets real lechy, you know, in this scene. It's <laughs> it's a little off-putting. Cuz this is the scene we're introduced to him and he's like like he didn't bring anybody with him. So this is this is a woman he right. presumably just met and he's already like making out with her and looking down her shirt and trying to feel her up and shit. It's super creepy. I like to think that this is just like a prerequisite for getting Bruce Clover on the set. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So later, Van Helsing is in the room and he's basically like, you know, we need to storm this castle. I need help. And all the men comically have to kind of like bow. It's like, oh, I can't do it. I'm a priest or whatever. Like, what? With my leg? <laughs> <laughs> and he turns to the restaurant owner and he responds with this. My shop must be open all day. People have to eat, you know. So does Dracula. He sucks their blood. I don't know why he said that. I like, uh, I like, <laughs> I like how when you know, because you mentioned that Bruce uh, Glover was the um, uh, was like an acting coach on this. So, like, yes. I wonder if it was his decision to turn all of these uh, like Eastern European men into old Jews. <laughs> People love to eat, you know? Oh, they love to eat. Oh, come on now, I'll make you a knish. But then, we no longer have to worry about Van Helsing meeting Dracula, because Dracula arrives! We no, we no longer have to what? We, we don't have to worry about oh, Van Helsing. Go. Okay. What did I say? I was just, I was helping you ease out of your accent. Van Helsing, <laughs> hey! <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you about? talking about, hey? Um, so, Dracula arrives. Uh, I can't remember if it's the same actor at this point. I think it still is uh, no. the weird faced one. No, nope. no, no, no. This is the uh, this is the no mask one. I believe this is the same Dracula from the end of the movie. Okay. Yeah. 
So, but 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 comes- obviously a different actor. Yes, though dressed as he was in that previous mm-hmm. scene with the hunting gear yeah. on. He sits down and orders a rare steak and red wine. Uh, a a a what steak? A rare steak. Oh, I think you're leaving a word out there. <laughs> a rare bloody steak. A blood rare steak. Blood rare steak. Yes, that's and See, as you said, they before, they missed out. They missed out on a great opportunity for a joke here and a great like like actual Dracula reference because he orders a blood rare steak. You know, and what they should have had, and I obviously hindsight's twenty twenty here, but what they should have had is they should have had the guy ask him if he wants a glass of wine and him right, respond and says, with, I'd never drink. Why? Of course, that's what they should have of done. Of course, that's of what course, they should have done. Of course, that's not. No, what they not did. at all. So Van Helsing uh, decides to be an asshole and go over and introduce himself because he wants to really discover whether this obvious vampire, who has fangs, by the way, is a vampire or not. Mm-hmm. He scares him with his lighter at some point, which is interesting. Uh, but as you said before, Mo, they just make ridiculous puns. I think Dracula says that he flies in and yeah, out. I fly is... in and out. And they have like a ridiculous conversation, and he does that hunting pheasants line that you were mentioning before. Mm-hmm. Then Van Helsing goes back to the man and reports what he's discovered. And this is one of my favorite lines in the entire this movie. This is a good line. Is he the v- v- vampire? Well... He did order his steak, blood. Well, that's all the proof we need. Let's light him on fire and get it over with. <laughs> For Steven, if you order your steak rare, you're a fucking vampire and it's time to die. Yeah. I... <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> so, and by the way, if he, I guess Dracula doesn't care about being found out because he did go in and order a blood rare steak. Yeah, he, yeah, um, he gives... Like, like I love the fact that that Van Helsing has to do any sort of tests on him whatsoever because <laughs> the dude has fucking fangs. He's clearly a vampire. I like. Okay, so Dracula starts sucking on the steak, not even biting into it, but sucking yeah. on it. I, there's actually a scene later where where Sonia is actually wringing out a steak. Yes, in, into, into a glass. A glass. And so he's eating this, and then he turns and starts to eat some bread, which is a very interesting thing for him to do anyway. Right. And he starts he uh, well because yeah, cause, well, hold on, hold on. we we have to clarify because we 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 failed to mention one thing. Van Helsing, you know, when when asked if if he was a vamp, you know, uh, when that whole blood rare line happened, mm-hmm. he goes, "Well, I do have one more test." Yes, you know? right. And, and- <laughs> And, I mean, and, like, and I called it immediately. I'm like, oh, he put course. fucking garlic on the bread. You know, I'm like, oh. I thought he was just going to put garlic on the steak. See, I did. Because I did too. But the second I saw the bread, I'm like, no, it's fucking garlic bread. I'm like, that. Because who would even guess that a vampire would eat bread in the first place? Yeah, why would he eat the bread? Why did he even turn towards the goddamn bread? Anyway, <laughs> he eats the bread, runs out of the room in pain because, as Van, Hels- Van Helsing says, I put garlic on his toast, and we know garlic is something vampires hate. No shit, A. And B, why did you even need to do that test? It just seems so strange. Yeah, it's like, I mean, on top, well, he does, the tests that he does are fucking hilarious. Like, he, um, like, they clearly had access to a a dental office for for this movie because, (laughs) because he decides that one of the tests he wants to do is he's going to offer the guy, offer Dracula a cigar and for some reason lays down a little like dental mirror, like a little tooth mirror. 
yeah. next to it and like tries to catch to see if he can see uh, a thing. Now, why couldn't he have done that from his from seat? From across the room? Yeah. Like he could have just held the mirror up and like, oh, well, look, is there anybody sitting at that table? You know, it, it, what the fuck? He could have walked next to him and just threw a little garlic on him. I mean, right? Yeah. There's a million fucking yeah. ways. Yeah. So – uh, apropos of nothing, Stephen goes off to investigate where Dana disappeared. Remember, she was the one who got uh, murdered by the the stream while she was doing laundry. Yeah, Carla takes him to go see it, but this is really fucked but up. Because also, doesn't. <laughs> That's right. She only takes him close by and then leaves. But he says to her, as if this is like like Vampire X Files. He's like, I think there's a natural explanation, dude. You just saw a vampire the night before, yeah, and he, yeah. A person came back from the dead because you wished on a star. Yeah. So so shut your whole scully. Yes. <laughs> so he he goes by where she was doing laundry. And if you look in the background, there are telephone poles all over the place. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you never forget that this is supposed to be the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so, oh man, Steven is so bad in this scene. He's so they reach, so they reach the creek. Um, oh yeah. Isn't there like a moment... She gets caught, uh, Carla does, she, her, her dress gets caught on a branch, and we get, like, a panty shot for a moment. Yep. It's so fucked up and weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, so she leaves. Yeah, she leaves him. She leaves him there, and then the next thing he's doing is skipping rocks across the water, you know, like a detective. As, as you do. <laughs> well, Colombo, what have you been doing? Searching for clues, just skipping uh, well, rocks. Well, I just have one more question for you. Yes, sir. My wife, eh, she's, she knows all about vampires. <laughs> um, Dana, so Dana shows up. So I guess his detective work actually did pay off. And he goes, uh, Dana, if you don't mind, I'd <laughs> He goes, Dana, is that you? <laughs> now, now, he's never met Dana. He's never met Dana before. Yeah. <laughs> But there's only about two young women in this entire fucking village, apparently. Yeah, and I, what I fucking love, uh, this, I, I, like, this says something really bad about Steven, is the <laughs> fact that, like, Dana comes on to him, yep. and he immediately gives in. Immediately. Look, he's grieving, okay? Yeah, oh yeah, he's grieving, all right. She used her vampire hypnotism, that's what yeah. he'll tell people later. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she she shows yeah. up, and then yeah. she kind of yeah. runs yeah. off. He, he told her to put that life vest on. <laughs> she, she wouldn't. She runs off and hides in in a barn, and he runs up after her. And mm-hmm. like at the top, uh, like the I don't know what the top of a barn is called. What is it? A silo or something? It's called the loft. Loft. That's yeah. good. So in the loft of the barn, the barn loft, yeah. she lays back and beckons him to like start making out with her. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I don't." And then he just does it, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He give, he gives in like it's nothing. Then Dracula shows up. Of course he does. And Stephen, because he's Stephen, he becomes very possessive over this woman that he's just met. Oh, by by the way, this is the exact moment where he gives up any pretense of not being Dracula because now now he's in full fucking Dracula costume. <laughs> Indeed, he is. And oh yeah, this is their interplay. You can't have her. You miserable little creature. You cannot tell me what I can have. Or I cannot have. Ah. <laughs> That's some awkward dialogue. <laughs> I'm an American. And we're tough. <laughs> 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 
that American punched Dracula. Yeah, I love how he Dracula... punched him and nothing happens. <laughs> I like how Dracula talks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, you miserable creature. Stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so Dracula knocks him out of the window. Uh, onto thankfully a big pile of hay. Lucky him. Yeah. See, I, I bet you didn't realize that Dracula was actually an asthma chihuahua. An asthma <laughs> chihuahua. You fat bloated idiot! Oh, you fat bloated idiot! Oh yeah. So so Dracula's upset at her because she was hunting. She was going to kill Stephen. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And he's the man of the of the house. He's the one who should be doing the. Hunting. He's the one. Who, and <laughs> so he saves Stephen's life. I guess he thinks he, he's killed him by knocking him out the window. But anyway, it, none of that matters. What matters is what happens next, which yeah, is... He, he grabs Dana and, oh my god, just <laughs> flies off. He flies out the window. I made an animated it, gif of this as it well. It is fucking ridiculous. Steven looks up, and I guess they filmed him against blue screen just laying down, and they just floated him out the window. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost as bad as as Poochie being called back to his home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> back back in the village, Van Helsing uh, is loading silver bullets into a very old gun. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why you need an old gun. You think you could just put them in a new gun, but whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, shit. Like, yeah, it makes no fucking sense. We're in the modern era. You know why? Why wouldn't he just have like a fucking AK with like a you know? giant magazine of fucking silver bullets. This entire scene is just to explain why uh, Dracula was able to show up during the day when Mm -hmm. uh, Steven was out before. Uh, A, uh, because in this reality, vampires can move in daylight in a weakened condition, even though Dracula didn't seem too weak. And B, because... Well, he said, he said, that's why you're still alive. And B, it's more expensive to shoot at night, so obviously they were trying to avoid that if possible. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And, oh, yeah, that's right. So then Dracula... <laughs> I love the little moments of realization of what's coming up next. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> Dracula takes Dana back to his coffin. And uh-huh. dr- I, like, I guess, I don't know if he's drinking more blood from her. But anyway, the suggestion here is that Sonya, his bride, is kind of jealous of Dana. It doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, the whole jealousy angle doesn't take shape at all it's just sort of something that's there it does it does lead to a line that is awful just a little bit later yeah she calls him unfaithful and (laughs) so now it's time for steven and van helsing to storm the castle and they do it and of course the most inconspicuous way possible by getting into a convertible and Mm -hmm. driving off to the castle uh and actually this is what you were saying earlier mo sonia is shown squeezing a stake into a uh into a uh, a wine cup or yeah, wine I ca- I kind of love this this scene because she like yeah she she fills her her wine glass and then and then does like a full on fabulous Baker Boys and like climbs up onto the piano while while Drac is playing obviously Drac. overdubbed yeah in my uh, in my notes it, it's I changed Dracula to Drac and, so- and half the time it auto corrects to Drake which is pretty funny <laughs> so this is okay. I don't know much about vampires, Mo, but I will say if I was going to storm a castle to kill a vampire, I'd go at night, right? Mm-hmm. Because then theoretically he'd be asleep in his coffin and you could just kill him, you know, you mean, like they you, do in the book. You mean during the day? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, during the yeah, day, not yeah, during yeah, the night at all. Yeah. I guess because these vampires are okay in the sun that they can't do that because they just walk into his castle and he's sitting there playing the piano. It, this, yeah, like... This is a really weird scene. 
this is this is super weird because this is the first time it happens. As this continues to happen, it's a little less weird. But um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So they they yeah they just they they just. I mean they they but they don't walk in like through the front door. They like climb a rope. That's through right. A, they climb it's like, a it's window. like a window. It's like it's on a mountain or something. Yeah. Sometimes and then other times not so much. Yeah. But they climb it through a window and they go into this main room and they're just Dracula's just there and he he talks to them and says this. What do you know? It's the garlic freak. I don't remember inviting him. My friend tells me that you kidnapped the miller's daughter for your unholy purposes. Indeed. So what happens here is they don't try to attack Dracula. They say, we want to search the castle for the miller's daughter. And he lets him. And he lets him. And they don't think there's anything fucked up about this. So they, they completely play Abbott and Costello and head into the basement, like and, and like all falling over themselves and stuff. And while they're doing it, they hear Dana screaming for a moment. By the way, the Dracula that they run into who was playing the piano, he is the youngest, not youngest, what's the best way to describe him? He's the least fucked up looking Dracula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they go down to the basement and Dracula appears once again and now he's fat and Mexican. Yeah, because... <laughs> and, and- and, and they actually they actually uh, explain this with a throwaway line right before this happens, where uh, his, Sonia says to him, "He's like, oh, you're you're swelling again. You must need blood." He Which doesn't make any sense. Blood. Like, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. First off, he just drank blood. Second off, like you know, she had a full glass of fucking blood. Like, why didn't she give him some of it if he needs it so fucking bad? And third off, he swells. When he needs blood? Like, that doesn't even make any fucking sense. I just love that. Say that you're the guy who played the Dracula in this scene. Like, you, you would, go to you see would, this movie. You would think he would get, like, gaunt or something, you know? <laughs> I just love... We need an explanation for why he's going to be fat in the yeah, next yeah, scene. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> or why would we hire a fat Dracula in the first place? I, lo- anyway. I love the fact that he's a fat Dracula. So, they're down in the basement. I don't know why Dracula wanted them to go to the basement before he would try to attack them. It, but that's what he did. So, Van Helsing takes out his gun and shoots Dracula and obviously does hit him, but doesn't do anything. And that mm-hmm. will be explained in a fucking awful scene in just a moment. Just idiotic. So, they find a window and they try to crawl out of it in order to get out of the castle. While they're doing that, Van Helsing's foot, or maybe it's Steven's foot, it goes through it like a wooden bench, and inside of it is a box full of gold coins. This is an unimportant detail. It's, uh... They use it later, but it's still unnecessary. You know what? It's, it's, they use it later to no avail, so, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> they're going to do, they're, all of their plans are to no avail. Yeah, that's, that's... That is actually very true. <laughs> so, this is the beginning, by the way, ladies and gentlemen who are listening right now. This, it's going to be, for the rest of this movie, Steven and Van Helsing go to the castle, try to do something to stop him, like fail. like a Looney Tunes cartoon, which both Mo and I have written into our notes, mm-hmm. fail, come back to the restaurant and explain why they failed, and then they go back and do another thing. Yeah. It's, I can't, and, I couldn't tell. Like if it, pe- peppered with boob jokes. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be funny that they were failing all the time or not. I guess I, it was, right? I mean, it was, it was funny the first couple of times. And like you know me, I'm a big fan of comedy torture. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 like the idea of I know that like, about you. Yeah, this the same sort of I've I think I've said it on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the, so the idea of the same thing happening over and over again and, and, and failing, I generally, I find that very funny. Like in this one, it's just like time waster. Their and, plans are and, so bad. And filler and all of their plans are bad. And like, why wouldn't you think of all the options, bring them all with you, you know, <laughs> Do it all at once, and, right? and try them all at once. Like, okay, fine. You, because now like you go away and you come back, like Dracula's expecting you now. Why don't you just... Not that it matters at all. Why don't you just tear down the castle or blow it up or something? It is modern day. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this should have been called Try Hard Dracula. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they're back at the bar or the restaurant or whatever. Van Helsing is trying to work out why the silver bullet didn't kill Dracula. And he eventually figures something out, <sighs> which is this. I can only assume that his heart is completely loose. That it's floating around in there freely. <laughs> well, then it, uh, it won't be so easy to kill him, will it? <laughs> That's exactly right, my friend. Nope. That is the fucking dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Why don't you just drop a big silver ball on his goddamn head? I mean, it's so stupid. <sighs> yeah, I mean, think about it this way. What does it matter where his heart is if you're riddling him with bullets? Yeah, like, like a machine gun. Yeah, exactly. Why do you need to have a one, like a fucking, you know, blumber bus, you know, where it's one fucking musket bullet? Christ, just get a fucking Gatlin gun and blast him with a fucking million bullets. It won't even fucking, and not that it matters anyway, because when you do hit him with one, it doesn't do anything. All right. Next up is my least favorite scene in the entire I'm getting frustrated here. <laughs> Both getting upset. Yeah. Actually, this may be your least favorite. This is one of my most favorite scenes. So, I fucking love this. Van Helsing says he has a surprise. Uh-huh. And his surprise, I don't know if his surprise is supposed to be the, the dentist thing or the thing he's getting made, but it doesn't matter. I My interpreted is that this was his idea was that the the stuttering man in, in the restaurant, he's a dentist. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Dracula wants to have one of his teeth fixed. Yeah. I can't believe I just said those words out loud. Yeah. Why? What? <laughs> so my, my notes literally say why with in all caps, what in all caps, and then why again in all so, caps. So Dracula has made an appointment to get his tooth fixed. He made an appointment. He's undead. Van Helsing is in this doctor's office, this dentist's office. And he's talking to the dentist. He's like, "This is an, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is another question I need to I need to pose to our to our listening audience because they are very intelligent people, uh-huh. and and I know a lot of them are are you know uh, knowledgeable of of myth and lore. Sure, dear audience, mm-hmm. please do do me a favor if you happen to know the answer to this question. But okay, so we we all know that Dracula is undead. Okay, mm-hmm. so being an undead creature of the night. Would he have working nerve endings that it would even fucking matter if he had a broken tooth? I'd also think that he probably doesn't have a lot of sugar in his diet, but considering how fat that Dracula was, we oh, saw him Oh, no. We, we know, that's, fucking, that's fucking diabetic Dracula. <laughs> so Van Helsing's in this room, and he's basically giving advice to this dentist. He's like, we got him, right? We got Dracula. By the way, Van Helsing is reading pornography while this is happening. I don't know why. Hey. He he tells the dentist to make a big mistake. Basically, what we find out in a minute, he's telling the dentist to pull out Dracula's fang. 
Not a bad plan, I guess. It would have been much better if he thought to have gassed him first. It would have been much better if they had just surrounded the fucking building with people, right? Yeah, yeah. Or had someone in the other room. Because guess what happens to this plan? The doctor, the dentist, pulls out the fang. Then Dracula gets up, throws the doctor on the chair, and kills him. Yep. Van Helsing's fault. That man's death is on Van Helsing's fucking head. Mm-hmm. What a dumb fucking idea. While this is happening, by the way, Van Helsing is getting a trident made for some reason. Why is Van Helsing getting a trident made? Well, I think the idea is that the tips, uh, that the <laughs> that the tips of the trident, you know, like, uh, well, it's like a five pointed, you know, whatever thing, are supposed to be silver bullets. Oh, really? I think so. And that, so, and so he can and, poke Dracula a bunch of times. In yeah, order so to hit his yeah, heart. so he's basically trying. And I mean, or at the very least, that the entire thing is made out of silver. So it, it so it increases the chances of finding his completely loose heart. So while they're getting this trident sharpened, or I guess if it has more than three points, it's not a trident, but whatever it's, this weapon. Yeah, Van Helsing, uh, uh, one of the townspeople, comes over and tells him that the dentist is dead, and that he has a single hole in his neck. And Van Helsing goes, "Poor little man." It's your fault. You told him to do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, God damn it, Van Helsing. You are fucking incompetent. He even victim blames. I think he says that the, the dentist isn't a very good runner, so he couldn't get away. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. How, how about this? Why weren't you there? How about this, Mo? This next scene, the first thing that Dracula says is that his, he goes, oh, good. My fang is growing back. Right. Thank, thank God. And that's a joke, right? Because he says, uh-huh. thank God. If his fang could grow back, no, no, he, he says he says good heavens, and then yeah, like, and, and then like, uh, oops, and he goes, oops, yeah. If his fang could grow back, you think he would have been happy that they pulled it out? Yeah, because now he he has one that's good and isn't giving him pain, and yeah. it grew back in like a day. Oh, getting upset here. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where uh, his jealous uh, George wife is getting out. angry. This is where his jealous wife. Uh, suggests that maybe he's losing interest in her, and he says this. It's a wonder what good, fresh blood can do, especially from young, sexy girls. Now, Sonia, you have nothing to worry about. You have bigger uh, fangs than they do. He's talking about her tits. That's like he, he wants to have big breasts. <laughs> I guess. God. Damn. I would have. By the way, you can hear anyone listening just then. You can hear the difference in quality between when Dracula speaks and when someone else does. Oh, they've been hearing it. Too. They've been hearing it all episode. <laughs> yeah. Huge, huge difference in quality between Dracula talking and everybody else. So Stephen and Van Helsing head back to the Dracula's castle. They they climb the mountain. <laughs> so again. Uh, and when they get there. I guess Dracula is just, is he like laying down in his room? Something like that? He's, yeah, he's like in his, uh, I guess, maybe he's like on a fainting couch or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Not, that's right. He's just laying down on the couch. He's just laying on something, room. yeah. Uh, Van Helsing uh, says that he declares war on all vampires. He throws his weapon and he hits and he Dracula. Hits him. Yeah. And, and, presu- uh, and presumably hits him in the heart, too, because like it actually. Smoke starts like, to pour out. Cause it, yeah, because it actually hurts him and smoke starts to come and. You know, but it does nothing. Like, what the, the Dracula fuck? goes, Dr. Van Helsing, you will pay for this. And then they jump out the window and rappel down the side of the building. Right. Well, he throws he throws the weapon back at them. Oh, that's and, right. This is very important. And and misses. <laughs> misses. Um, and then they, they start to go back down the rope that they just climbed in on. Uh, Dracula cuts it. 
uh, and they fall into the river, which was which wasn't there previously, <laughs> which was not there previously, yeah. but it's very important. Yeah. And then they decide they're just going to walk off, yeah. and that's fine. Except as they walk off, we see that there's a guy by the side of the river with with that weapon impaled in his stomach because I guess he got hit when Dracula threw it out the window. Yeah. So so now Van Helsing is responsible for another innocent person's death. He is a very bad vampire hunter. He is. Yeah, he is definitely not. So they return to the fucking bar. Yeah. And they're soaking wet. And at this point, it seems like the men around the table are starting to mock Van Helsing. They do. Yeah. <laughs> and because they're, they've been so unhelpful, Van Helsing wants to use the gold that they found in the basement. And he wants to use the men's greed to lure them to help him. Right? Yeah. And it fails. Yeah. Yeah. If that fails. Uh, and I don't know, again... The Just like everything else that Van Helsing does in this movie, it fucking fails. By the way, remember Carla? <laughs> oh yeah, right. I remember her. <laughs> she's a character who was important earlier. Uh, Steven and her have a conversation. Uh, he goes up to her room and she is sewing a dress. This is one of the weirdest conversations this in the movie. This is one of the most awful scenes in the uh, movie. My God. Carla is making a wedding dress. And because she's presumed that's, that she's going to marry Steven... And at first, it seems like he's going to be like, what? Just like a person would? But instead, he asks her to marry him. Right. Because that makes fucking sense. (laughs) Like this guy, this guy who's clearly going through some kind of post-traumatic stress syndrome thing going, you know, here. (laughs) The implication of the movie is they've had like three conversations ever. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) as the... This engagement is happening. Van Helsing barges in and he goes, Steven, I've got a plan. And his plan is that he has a grenade in his hand. We're going to go back to the castle and blow the hell out of him. We're going to blow him up. Which, you know what? Pretty good plan if you had more than just that grenade. Pretty pretty good plan if anywhere in the previous, you know, 100, you know, or 90, 60 minutes of the film, uh, he had said anything about blowing him up working. Yeah, right? I just like, it's like, he was like sitting down. It's like, what can we do? And you know what the you know what the funny thing is? Later in the movie, towards the end, he actually does have something that works fairly effectively. Um, why he didn't think to bring or do that in the first place is beyond me. And it's so simple too. A cross. Mm-hmm. That's for a, that's, fuck's that's kind of a sake. Jesus Christ. So they go healthy. back to the castle. Get your shit together. They go back to the castle again. And luckily, Dracula is playing his violin in the window of the castle. Yeah. As you do. As you do. And uh, <laughs> this is this in is, my I mean, notes. This is in my notes, by the way, where I say this is becoming a Looney Tunes <laughs> So they have to throw a grenade in through the window and hit Dracula with it. Yeah. So what they do, of course, is Steven uses a slingshot. Of course. Like Dennis the fucking Menace. To well, he does look like him. To, to shoot the grenade through the window. And he hits perfectly. Nails him. And it blows up. His and violin. It, it destroys the violin. Yeah. And then Vampire. Vampire. And then Dracula. <laughs> no, you were right the first time. And then Dracula, the vampire, then uses ge- the generic- most famous and well-loved vampire ability. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember reading the the stories of, uh, you know, I remember reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, and 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 this is my, my favorite moment in the book. <laughs> he 
starts throwing flaming balls. <laughs> he starts throwing fuck. And this is honestly, I thought the effect that they did for this to show the balls like <laughs> fl- flying out of his hands and stuff was actually pretty inventive. Um, <laughs> but it's so ridiculous. But it's so fucking ridiculous. It's chintzy as fuck. Oh my god. Like it's basically like they basically just like took tennis balls, painted them black, lit them on fire and threw, <laughs> threw and threw them. Yeah. Also, if Dracula has that ability, I feel like he should have used that earlier in some capacity. Yeah. So, they yeah. run off, <laughs> Stephen and Van Helsing do, and we see them kind of drive off in their car and then the car breaks down and we see them pushing the car and they have this discussion. The destruction of Dracula becomes a nightmare. No shit, Doc. That's his response. <sighs> Steven Steven is getting tired of this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm so- sorry, buddy. You got 20 minutes left. So, later, Steven and Carla are celebrating, not because of the death of Dracula, who is apparently very difficult to kill. By mm-hmm. the way, that thing where Van Helsing was going to lure the, the townspeople up using greed doesn't happen. Yeah. So they're celebrating uh, their their engagement, and uh, Carla's father mentions briefly that he wishes his wife was there, because, but she vanished in the forest. Which yeah, then he, then he he becomes a super fucking downer and tells the story about how his wife disappeared. Yeah, but who cares about that? We're celebrating here, man. <laughs> so a little bit later, down. Carla and Stephen are having an intimate conversation, and um, that's when Stephen gives away his protective cross around his neck. And his mom said not to take it off. Yeah, that's like the one thing she said to him. Literally, the one thing. And then he gives that to Carla, and she puts it around her neck. And you know what that means, Mo. Foreshadowing. Well, no, it's time to fuck. Oh, yeah, it is time to fuck. (laughs) I I actually fucking love this horrible song that plays during the fuck scene. (laughs) Like this, I hear the wisdom from your souls. Oh, my God. And we get a little nipple action. A little nipple action. Which was a little surprising. And a lot of stuff slamming against the wall action because they're fucking... Uh, oh, 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 oh. And, and I know I posted this in the Facebook oh. group, for the, but for the benefit of the, of the uh, listening audience, the music that they play... Like during the actual sex scene, like as the bed springs are bouncing and the headboards hitting the wall and it's just comic, you know... It, it's just fucking... Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's the comic, comically goofy sex scene first. And then it gets super fucking serious and like extra sexy. And they decide <laughs> they decide that a few passages from the Nutcracker would, <laughs> you know, would be... It's, it's the Russian dance from the Nutcracker. And I'm like, who... who like when I think of sexy time music, you know, because, you know, I, I get... I do a lot of that myself. <laughs> I often decide to put on, you know, like Christmas musicals and 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 classical music. Hey man, it's free. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, come on. Like there there is there's a there's a there are much sexier pieces out there. <laughs> so po- post coitus, they're not even trying. They're just laying in bed and the window is open with a full moon. Full on moon happening and you know that's bad news because oh, a yeah. bat a fucking bat arrives through their window and morphs into Count Dracula. At and at at the very least, you know, one of my favorite moments in the movie is at least about to happen. So that's that's good. <laughs> Dracula goes over, he starts caressing Carla for a moment, then He's he picks her up. Fucking creepy. He picks her up into his arms and then he heads for the window. Steven wakes up. 
Because Dracula knocked over a potted plant. Potted plant like a yeah. fucking idiot. Yeah. And then this. Hey, what the hell are you doing? Try it sometime. Just to put your lips together. And suck. <laughs> we should explain here that... Please. Uh, <laughs> that when Dracula is saying this... He is literally hanging from the ceiling. Yes. Um, like, and I don't mean like like holding on to something on the ceiling or being hung by his feet. No, no, no. He is like perpendicular, like with the ground, um, or parallel to the ground. Sorry, you're normally perpendicular to the ground. Uh, <laughs> Depends who you are, I suppose. I guess. Uh, he's parallel to the ground, just hanging there, and it's so obvious. That he's hanging there, you know, it's like you can see the fucking wires holding him up and you can see where they're attached. It's fucking hilarious. And he delivers that fucking horrible that Mae line West is line. The fucking worst. And it doesn't it makes no sense in context. Yeah, right? it makes zero sense in context. I mean, how about this as a joke? An alt an alternate joke. Yeah. Try it sometime. Just put your lips together and suck my dick. There you go. There you go. See? <laughs> That's something that the younger people can enjoy. But honestly, like that would have fit into the context of this movie anyway. The whole half the movie's been fucking boob jokes. <laughs> well, they wouldn't they wouldn't say suck a dick. That's uh, that's too gay for this movie. Yeah. Later, Carla wakes up in Dracula's fucking uh, mansion, his his uh, castle, and yeah. she doesn't seem too bothered by the whole thing actually. Although she does seem cold. Yes, she does. Seem Sorry, cold. I I couldn't help myself. Dracula is playing Moonlight Sonata on the piano. Very mm-hmm. romantic. Yeah. I guess she's like hypnotized or something, but there's no real indication. Th- yeah, he, they don't show anything about that. She's just like totally okay with it. Yeah. In fact, he even suggests that they can make love for more than ever. And she seems okay with that too. Yeah. Now, someone who's not okay. No, no, no. With- it's not. No, it's, it's he, he, you know, she, she seems totally into it when he's like, we could live forever. We can dance forever. And then when he says, we can make love for more than ever. And then she all of a sudden seems like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, more than ever? That doesn't even uh, make any sense. Uh, so, God, But she's mostly okay with things. But one person who's not okay with things is Steven. His response immediately after having his fiance, I guess, did he get, did he get married? No. Okay. So his fiance being stolen is this. That's what Carla's you dad. What That's do you mean your bed? Can, can you play just the beginning of that again? Yes, we can. Alright, alright, alright. That son of a bitch! So back to the castle, and uh, and Dracula is admiring Carla, and he's talking about her tits, basically, and saying, as beautiful oh, yeah. as cantaloupes at harvest time. time. Uh. <laughs> he tries so, taking so, t- t- tell me if 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 you're by this point in the film you're not like thoroughly over Dracula's accent. You know? <laughs> like like every time he fucking talks, I'm just like, oh god, like why don't you just say I want to suck your blood, you know? 
Just I like that. Okay, this scene, he comes over and tries to like pull her clothes off. Yeah. And the necklace around her neck, he notices it and he's like, oh, you damn broad. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like a little bit later, she's combing her hair. Again, very nonplussed by the whole thing. Yeah. And somehow manages to drop the necklace on the floor. And yeah. then he comes over. Well, well there's, a, there's a great moment just prior to this that I, it seems like, you know, like – not humanly possible, but I guess uh-huh. he's a Dra- he's Dracula. So, uh, and, and she, so yeah, he wants to go into like uh, uh, whatever. And he sees her cross and he asks her to take it off, and she won't. So instead, he pulls off her nightgown. Yes, without tearing it or anything, just pulls it <laughs> off like as if by magic. That's when he calls her a damn broad because she holds up. Uh, she holds up her cross to him to stop him from coming any closer. Yeah, and then and then we go right into uh, into her brushing her hair, and by some freak chance, I don't know if she took her cross off or if it just fell off in the process. It falls off because we actually see it hit the floor. Yeah. Then Dracula immediately shows up and he starts telling her the story of the Frog Prince, and he's just yeah. talking about how you know he's like the Frog Prince, he's innocent I, and cursed. I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? He steps on the necklace. He, he doesn't say that, by the way, but if he had, it would have been a great <laughs> fucking reference. He steps on the necklace and doesn't seem to notice it all, but she does because she notices that she accidentally dropped it. Oh, she, see, I, see, I thought that he was stepping on the necklace because he didn't want her to get it. Now, of course, that's what I thought as well, except yeah. the next part where she steps on his foot and his foot starts smoking because it's... <sighs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why is the Why is the cross burning his foot through his, his shoe? His shoe. Right. Yeah. How is that any closer than when she's he's next to someone who has a cross on their person? Right. It's through some. Uh, I don't know. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, he picks her up uh, in his arms and he says that they can dance forever and make love. He does forever. all that shit again. Yeah. And then he bites her neck. Yeah. Whoop de do. Hey, you know what happens then? Steven and Van Helsing go to the castle. <laughs> Steven has a sword with see, him. See that see that's that's what the name of this movie should have been. See if this had come out later, you know, it would have been Steven and Van Helsing go to White Castle. <laughs> so Steven has a sword. Or go which to Grant's castle, whatever. They're they're like climbing to get to the castle, and there's like a very brief scene where Steven drops the sword and it goes down Van Helsing's pants, which is not funny or amusing, but it's just so weird that I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I kind of got a huge kick out of that. <laughs> so they go inside. They just walk again. I don't know why. Dracula needs to f- start like closing up the windows and shit. They go inside. Dracula's just there. And he welcomes them and everything, which is not a good sign for them. No. <laughs> Fucking Van Helsing forces Steven to take the sword. So it's, pretty, can- it's pretty fucked up, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you have to fight him. And Steven, now, Steven has a lot of horrible lines in this, and his delivery is always bad. This must be his worst delivery in the entire movie. This is what he says to Dracula. And you think you can win her at the point of a sword? You can stand there like a coward and hurl fireballs at me. But if you're a gentleman, you can't refuse a challenge. You begin to amuse me. Did you not know that in my native Transylvania, I was... Fencing champion? Of course he was. <laughs> you know, because fencing was very popular in, well, in but, the 1500s. But, but, okay, okay. So, so if this is supposed to be, like, the Vlad Tepes, you know, like, the mm-hmm. Vlad the Impaler, um, why was he taking part in, like, a fencing league? 
Well, maybe it was in between the time, the 500 years or whatever, or 300 or, years. Or maybe that was like, maybe that was like a, a joke and like a play on the fact that like he impaled people. I, I, I it's, this is idiotic. So they have a sword fight. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the rest of the movie from this point is pretty entertaining, but. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Like it's like even before this, we're still, it's still fairly entertaining. You know, like the whole, I would say the whole second half of this movie is fairly entertaining. Uh, if just. Because of how bad it, it is at sure. moments. But. So uh, they have a sword fight. It's really bad. Eventually, yeah. Van Helsing manages to pin Dracula to the wall, which is very unfair, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stephen Unsportsmanlike cho- conduct. Stephen chops off Dracula's head, and Dracula catches it in his own hands. This is one of the most inventive ways to show a detached head I've <laughs> ever seen in a film before. All right, so, so let me just set this up. Okay, so he, so he cuts off the guy's head. Does he catch it or does he or does it fall to the floor? No, I think it, I, it falls into his hands because it oh. shows him catch it. Oh, okay, okay, good. Um, so the way they do this, it's very simple. They simply have the actor who's playing Dracula stick his head between another man's legs, <laughs> and then have that man hold onto his head, you know, um, and just don't show the upper half of of, of his like chest area. And like honestly, I mean, it's it's a pretty good effect. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's silly as shit. Sort of Bride of Reanimator style. But it's it's a very uh, inventive way to, sure. to show a decapitated head without actually having to make a terrible like fucking head mask. So Carla shows up before they can finish off Dracula, and she tells Stephen to come to her. Even though oh, she he al- and he also said you screwed up my head. You <laughs> so Stephen's kind of wandering towards her, and Van Helsing's trying to get him to stop. Um, and Dracula in the background reattaches his head to his shoulders because that's that's an ability that vampires have apparently. Uh, yeah. So it's like, then, <laughs> it's almost like they're making this shit up as they go. So Dracula says, "Bored with these idiots," and he starts using again the most famous vampire power. He starts shooting electricity from his fingers, yeah, a la he, the Emperor from Star he Wars. He fucking force lightnings those bitches. <laughs> but I, lo- I, I think it's is it, I think it's Van Helsing or is it Steve who goes? You want to fight Dracula? You got it. <laughs> Their response, as per usual, uh, is to run and leave the castle. <laughs> they leave again. Then instead of having all like the, the getting the, zapped in the ass on the way out, by the way, <laughs> they. They decide, instead of going back, we don't have a scene this time with them at the restaurant. All it does is show them a little bit later outside the castle once again. And Van Helsing has a flaming arrow. And here's the thing. One of the first things that Van Helsing tells you that can take down Dracula is fire. Right. So why didn't he do this one first? Oh! So, (laughs) Steven is on top of the castle. Uh Uh-huh. Van Helsing has an arrow, which is wrapped in something that can be set on fire. Mm-hmm. Steven is pouring gasoline on Dracula as he plays a fucking violin in his window. Yeah. <laughs> I th- and then he shoots him with the arrow, and it sets him on fire. Oh, yeah. Can we take a quick moment to, to mention... Now, normally the exterior castle shots have actually been pretty good because they clearly had access to a real, like, you know... Castle, yeah, yeah, exterior, not interior. The interiors are horrible. Um, but my god, how middle school, uh, fucking theater production did this fake castle look? I know, right? It looked like the one from uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, it falls over in the trailer. Shit, (laughs) so bad. When uh, when Dracula gets set on fire, I think you can barely make it out. Steven says, Suck on that, Dracula. 
at least, at least that works. <laughs> I mean, if that's what he says, who knows? Yeah, so they try to leave, but the women... So there's three women. Uh, there is um, Sonia, Carla, and Dana, right? And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, D'Artagnan. and D'Artagnan. Yeah, and they're all kind of teleporting all around, uh, trying to attack Steven. And, and Van Helsing as well. Um, and Van Helsing pulls out a cross, and I think he's being attacked by... Dana. Dana. And she fades away. She kind of like just vanishes. Yeah. And like, that was kind of effective. Yeah. Why, why didn't he do that earlier? <laughs> uh, Van Helsing hears Steven cry out for help. All three of the women are crawling on top of them, uh, top of him. And then Van Helsing scares them off with his cross. Yeah. And then Steven wakes up in a hospital bed. Yeah. What happens? Uh, I... Uh, I don't know. Please explain to me. We are at the ending of the movie, by the way. We're getting to the end of the movie here. Yeah. Um. So he wakes up into a, in, into in a, in a hospital bed. I was about to give this movie a zero because uh my it was all a dream shit is an instant fucking zero for me because I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm thinking to myself, oh god, it was just like some kind of fucking coma dream. And like as I'm thinking that I'm like like all of these thoughts are popping into my head almost immediately. I start thinking, well, how much of what did we just see was part of this coma dream? Right, because it and, couldn't have been after the car accident because he right. wouldn't have met Carla. Right, exactly, exactly, and because Carla's there and she's you know she's talking about oh it's gonna be okay you know you've you've been out for a few days blah 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 you know and then like she just sort of walks off. Yeah. Be, you know, and she doesn't show him doing anything to Steve or anything like that. She she just walks off and she meets up with Dracula. Yeah, who's okay? Yeah, who's okay? And they, uh, <laughs> I don't God, know. She says Jesus she says this. Christ. <laughs> I am so glad everyone has been taken care of. I could sure use a snack. Yes, perhaps priest. I'm feeling religious today. That's not even a joke. That's just wow. something that he says. So then two rubber bats fly out the window. Okay? Yeah. All right. And you think, you thought, Mo, and I thought, this was the end of the movie. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? But then we get one more sequence. And it shows Dracula playing the piano while Van Helsing is next to him playing a violin. And they kind of uh, exchange friendly talk. And then we also see Steven dancing with Carla in the castle. Mm-hmm. So they're all vampires now. Yeah, I like and like I like when I when when they said they like it's glad to see that everyone's been taken care of. Line, you know, I I I said okay, well, I'm guessing they turned everybody into vampires. You why know, is he, he even in a hospital? Yeah, exactly. If he if if that's the case, then why even put him in the hospital? Why not bite him at the fucking castle? You know, and they, how did he get captured in the first place? Yeah, exactly. And how did he get to the fucking hospital if, like, if he's already at the castle? Like, like nobody's going to go... Like, clearly the town folks don't care about people being injured. They've already proven that. Yeah, right. So, like, like they're not going to go and talk, you know, and go and try to find him if he doesn't come back. They're just going to assume he's dead. Also, how know? fucked up is it that they have a modern-looking hospital yeah. <laughs> in this place? Yeah. We're just got fucking castles and shit. Right, exactly. You know, and... Oh, Jesus Christ. This is just painful. So well, I've got good it, news, Mo. So it's clear, it's clear <laughs> that the only reason why they added that in is so they could have, like, a false ending, you know, and to have, like, this, you know, twist reveal at the end yeah. it's like mm-hmm. fuck you just fucking show us in the castle with them being all vampires and shit it makes me way more fucking sad you have been watching die hard dracula 
Yeah. This is the end of the movie. We do have a closing credits, which have some jokes in it, Mo. Did you notice any of the jokes in the closing I, credits? I noticed, um, I, well, first I noticed Dracula being played by three different guys. So uh-huh. I, I thought that was... Uh, that's more That's more an unintended joke. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an unintentional joke, but I, I did like that. I also noticed, by the way, uh, at the end when they're all dancing that Dana slips and, and fumbles <laughs> over and bumps into the table and they decided to keep that part in. Um <laughs> Uh, I also noticed during the credits, the poor peasants were played by themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, that, it also says other creatures were played by played real by, things. Yeah. Um, and then there was uh, a listing for the pub dog and a cat. So, okay. Um, and then it says something of uh, towards the end with uh, no resemblance to any person dead or undead. Ah, uh, you know, yes. Blah, blah, blah. Very blah. good. And that's it. That's Die Hard Dracula. That's Die Hard Dracula. See, I actually paid attention to the closing credits. This yes, time. you did, and I, I, and there were jokes, so I guess it was worthwhile, yeah. even if it was not worthwhile. <laughs> Die Hard Dracula from 1998. Mo, what are your final thoughts? Would you recommend that our listeners go see in theaters? <laughs> pick up a copy of Die Hard Dracula. I don't know if I would say pick up a copy of it, but I mean, like, yeah, if you can find a way to watch it, go for it. It's it's, it's fun. You there know? are ways. There are ways to watch it out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I had a blast with it for, for the most part. Uh, it's super. I will, fun. It's I will su- say, don't be sucked in by the title because that's yeah, very. Yeah. It's very easy, and we say this all the time. But this is a unique example. Die Hard Dracula. You hear that, and you're like, oh, I got to see this movie. Yeah, because you are not expect- going to get what is promised. <laughs> yeah, because because you're either expecting John McClane versus Dracula or Dracula versus uh, Hans Gruber, you know, and either way, that would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you get neither of those things. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I had fun with it. I, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, worthwhile to watch. Like I didn't feel like, like tortured while I was watching it. So, I mean, look, it's terrible, but it's not a good movie, but but if you are okay with it being terrible, yeah, then it's okay. Yeah. So that dire Dracula Probably deserving of being on the bottom 100. Maybe not. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it deserves to be where it is on there. It deserves to be on there, yeah. <laughs> then again, if you're talking about like the 100 worst movies ever, I guess we're kind of splitting hairs. Yeah. Uh, but Dire Dracula is um, uh, available to watch. It's available to purchase out there. I actually think there's a DVD release. There's several different covers. I know that. The default VHS cover, the one that's shown on the IMDb page for it, is just so wonderfully horrific and low budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, that alone would make you want to seek it out and see like what possible movie could this contain. Yep. But uh, but in terms of... Uh, I, I actually... I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did, Mo. I found myself confused a lot, and I don't oh, like it that. Oh, it was a lot of confusion. For, yeah. for a movie... Like, I don't mind being confused in a movie that is designed to be confusing. This movie is confusing because of the lack of ability of the people making it, and that, mm. to me, is a little frustrating to watch. But that's okay, Mo, because yeah. we're throwing out all frustration and confusion out the window for our next episode of No Budget Nightmares, where we're going to be covering... What movie, Mo? Rape is a Circle. No! Uh. <laughs> Absolutely not. However, I'm glad you mentioned that. Not because yeah. we're going to talk about it, but because... Actually, I have seen that movie, and we're not going to ever watch it. <laughs> no yeah, yeah, Nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, we are going back to the Bloody Nightmares box set for the first time yeah! in a very long a very, time. Very long time. And we have decided that we are going to watch 2006's Nightmare Museum, directed by Igor Pickles. Igor Pickles. And it's notable. It is a first for No Budget Nightmares. In what way, Mo? It's an animated movie. 
It says on IMDb that it is an animated movie. Uh, we we did a little searching around to find out a little bit more about it. Yeah, we wanted and, to know what they meant by animated. And everything we found made us want to watch it more and more. Yeah, and yeah. More. I, I got to tell you, I mean, like, I'll probably regret it, but I am, for right now, super excited to watch We this. will regret it, but on the oh, next yeah. episode of No Budget Nightmares, 2006's Nightmare Museum. Well, the last time we had a nightmare-based titled movie, it all worked out really well. I think most of our nightmare-based, you know, Titles have been have worked out fairly well for me at least. I know the you. The show is called No Budget Nightmare, so of course it's of it's course uh, it's it's serendipitous. All of our films should be nightmare based. Mo, where can people find out more about No Budget Nightmares and yourself on the internet? Well, if they want, they can go right on to the old Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares, all one word, and uh, you know join in the uh, the fun, or they can just search No Budget Nightmares. That works too. Um, yeah, join in, join the group, join in the fun, join in the conversation. Uh, yeah. And you can find Mo, of course, on Twitter at drunk on VHS, all one yep. word. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. E-Y. You can find No Budget Nightmares, uh, as you mentioned, over at NoBudgetPodcast.com. But you can also find us if you search on the Google Play Podcast. We're now on there as well. Ooh. And, of course, on iTunes as well. If you want to leave us a review, they would be very helpful. You can, of course, also find us on Patreon. You can find the link over on our website. Please donate and let us make more episodes of No Budget Nightmares. And, oh. and mm-hmm. if, uh, if I mean, they're, they're, they're coming slowly but surely, but... Over the next uh, few weeks and months, uh, we're going to start putting the older episodes onto uh, YouTube. Oh, that's a good, good, good thinking mode. Yep. Yeah. Um. Uh, right now, the only one that's up there is uh, is Hip Hop Locos. But over the next few days, I've got a couple of days off. I plan on tossing like three or four more up on up on there. So for now, Hip Hop Locos. But you know, in the coming weeks, there'll be more up there. If you just want to take have like a little hit of No Budget Nightmares and see and listen to, I should say, some of the classic episodes, they will be appearing over on YouTube yep. as well. It's all coming together, folks. Mo, have you seen any interesting movies lately? I have actually um, seen quite a few. Uh, my current number for the year is 178 films. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, my, my, my intention is to watch, uh, um, you know, to do uh, a movie a day for the year. And, uh, I expect, um, at some point I'm going to have to take some time off from watching films because I do get burned out by them mm-hmm. every now and again. So I like to be ahead of the game. So if, even if I wanted to take like a full month off, I could without even, you know, worrying about it. But, uh, yeah, I've recently did a, uh, uh, a night of um, like animated fantasy films. Uh, so I watched uh, Wizards. Oh, nice. Which is just, oh my God, I forgot how much I love that fucking movie. And uh, and then I followed it up with Fire and Ice, which I realized, <laughs> which I realized I should have watched first uh, because Wizards is way better. Um, I watched uh, Zootopia. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Civil War. I loved it. Me too. I saw that recently as well. Yep. Um, and then of anything else of note, I mean, I watched Why Don't You Play in Hell again because <laughs> it's quickly becoming one of my favorite fucking movies ever. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of a lot of stuff this year. Mo, I should mention before we finish up here today, I'm I'm just looking at some of the cast of Nightmare Museum, mm-hmm. and one of them is a actress named Cat Cleavage. 
And her most recent acting credits, uh, I'm just going to list a couple of them here. It, uh, let's see, cock smoking grannies. Nice. I think I, I think we have that one at the shop. Wrinkled pussy party. Wow. Mothers teaching daughters how to suck cock too. <laughs> that that I, I hate to say it. That one I know we have. <laughs> uh, well, like yourself, I recently saw uh, Civil War. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Um, I, I I probably didn't love it as much as some people did, but certainly the big moments. I, I am I, well the the biggest thing for me is how super excited I am for the future of the Spider-Man films now. Yes. Be- because the kid who they got playing Peter Parker now is just phenomenal. So I worry good. a little bit and we're not here to talk about Civil War. No, I no, worry no. a little bit that his accent like he's fine. He was fine in the scenes in Civil War, but mm-hmm. over the uh, entire movie, I wonder if it's going to be more and more noticeable that he's faking that accent. Yeah, we'll see. Because he's a real Brit, you see, like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? <laughs> Hello, Gov. Yeah, let's fill the lorry with petrol. Or, <laughs> <laughs> et cetera. Uh, Come on, blimey. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to plug before we finish up today, Mo? Um, I might start doing Strange Vapes episodes again. You should. They're very popular. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very surprised about that. Uh, yeah, I, I recently looked at my YouTube page, and I have like 1,200 subscribers now, mm-hmm. which is just weird. And I have like a video that's got over like like 22,000 views, which I just, I did not expect that at all. Um, so yeah, so maybe I'll start doing those again. Of course, with the new FDA regulations, vaping yeah. could be could be fucking gone in the next, you know, two years anyway, but... It'll go underground. It'll be more popular than ever. It'll go underground and it'll it'll become dangerous. This is a bad thing for the industry. It's a really bad thing. Like, I mean, normally I'm very fine with the idea of like living the outlaw lifestyle and like you know doing things you know uh under the table and and away from the government government eye but but um i think that in this particular case a little you know a a a a moderate amount of regulation is is way more important than uh you know and for the health and safety of of a lot of people out there who are trying to get out i heard that those vaping machines they explode all the time and kill people yeah, well, you know, there's a very specific thing that happens. Like there, there's a type of tank and a type and a type of mod that if you put them together, it's bad fucking news. And people do it all the time, even though we're constantly telling them not to. And that that almost every single one, it's it's um you know it's it's a it's a, a tank, um you know on what they call a hybrid mod, uh, which has no safety barrier between uh between the battery and the connection point and like a lot of the times like it doesn't take much for to to get them to auto fire and that's that's when they explode it's bad sobering words from mo porn to end off this episode of no nightmares (laughs) but yes do do go over you can can feel free to cut all that shit (laughs) look up strange vapes over on youtube and subscribe add to his growing numbers and of course subscribe to our no budget nightmares page too just do a search for no budget nightmares on youtube we'll be adding more to that in the very near future but with that this episode is running fucking long dude so uh, (laughs) we need to say good night and we'll be back in just another two weeks with nightmare museum I can't wait. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks.